Hello, Huntsville. Scary night, isn't it? With my new movie out and all. What's your favorite scary movie? Welcome back to the Huntsville Cryptcast. I'm Anthony. I'm John. And I'm your worst nightmare. We know that Scream 6 has already been out in theaters for a little while, but if you're hesitant and you're thinking about whether or not you should or shouldn't go see it, we're here to tell you you absolutely have to go see this film and see it in a theater. Yeah, the theater experience is such a cool part of what this experience heading to the premiere was for Anthony and I. And it was so great to be around fellow horror fans, fellow Scream fans, and you could just feel it in the room that night. And we're really excited to kind of take you through what that experience is like. And to be around all of you. Thanks for coming out, Hauntsville. If you've been following the podcast for a while, you know that we had the awesome chance to go to the Scream 6 premiere in New York City, which is the perfect place to see this movie considering it takes place there. Uh, and we had the chance to give away tickets to all of you. And it was so cool getting to this premiere and seeing so many different people who entered through Hauntsville at this premiere, on that line, getting to meet you guys in person, getting to talk to some of you who we've never had the chance to talk to before, and catching up with some of you who we have. Getting to see people within the community that we're trying to build here on that line with us was so amazing. Getting to meet someone like Ralph from Necromantic Brew Company was really great. We got to talk to him over our shared love of horror-themed nights, pretty much. Uh being able to set something up where you're bringing people in and just creating that community and having that really great feel. And I, I just loved being able to see so many familiar faces there. Yeah, I mean, building community is what it's all about. It's why we do the film festival. And even seeing Jake and Josh Graydon from Scared for Your Life there was awesome. During the festival, we're always running around and trying to make sure that everything's running smoothly and the projector's going fine and everybody's movies are being played well. But we were all waiting on this line together to hang out and watch the newest installment of a franchise we've been following for nearly as long as we've been alive. And this is the first time that we got to like really sit and hang out and talk for a couple of hours with some of these people. Yeah, it's so refreshing to be able to hang out with... Like you said, uh, Josh and Jake Graydon and have an opportunity to talk to them while we're not also running around concentrating on nine million other things. So that was really great just to be able to, again, connect, sit and actually talk with people and have that opportunity to share in the excitement of the night. And it was an exciting night. Like you said, Anthony, seeing this in Manhattan was so perfect. And I'm so glad that Scream got the treatment that Jason Takes Manhattan should have gotten where the city is a little bit more featured and it's not like, oh, here's this boat ride for 90% of the movie and then we're going to have you in Toronto for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> um, not for nothing. I'm pretty sure Scream 6 was also filmed in Toronto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it still looked like Manhattan, though. <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely more of the city element. This is the most brutal ghost face that the franchise has ever seen. No one is safe. Uh, they even get into the fact that you can walk among large groups of people in the city, and even that isn't enough. We see some really iconic kills in this film, and they all happen in ways that I don't think we've ever seen in the franchise before. It's not a simple uh, slash and run like we've seen, like 
ah, I, I want to spoil this for you so bad, but I want you to go <laughs> and see it. I want you to sit in a theater surrounded by people like we were, because there were people literally on the edge of their seat throughout the entire duration. There were audible gasps, people jumped out of their seats, and there was so much fan servicing. Like, a lot of the theories that the fans have been talking about for years, in one form or another, they do get gratified. Yeah, without getting into spoilers... Like you said, more so the experience and everyone's excitement over the film, the cheers that you would hear after a kill, getting to see how uh, excited everyone was when you know certain characters appeared on screen. It's just, this is definitely something that deserves to be seen in a theater full of really scared people. Everybody makes an entrance in this too. Nobody just comes onto the scene or is just uh, sitting in a room having a conversation. There's always something happening to introduce these characters to to really uh, give you a punch, for lack of a better word, for when they enter into the scene. And I think where, yes, we got introduced to a whole cast of new characters in the last film in five, and we spent so much time getting to know them. Now that the formalities are out of the way, the characters really get to shine through this one. Yeah, I really loved the way that they were able to develop the characters more and their relationships more off of the back of Scream 5. And it built a whole new little, again, this theme of community that we keep coming back to, this little community that we as viewers can latch onto. And that is such an important part, uh, especially when you're going into a franchise that is this far in. I don't think that I can think of any other horror franchise that has been this good and this successful. Consistently. Coming around to their si- consistently at their sixth installment. That is so exciting. I was talking about that with some friends at work who asked how the experience was getting to this premiere. And the one thing I kept coming back to is the fact that they just keep getting better and better, starting with number four, because number four needs some justice. Um, yeah, and thank being you. Able to <laughs> and then introducing all new characters in five, and then jumping right off of the back of that, going into this movie. It really calmed a lot of my nerves going into this one to see just how good it was. And one thing that I do want to point out, being able to see a movie like this in theaters with a whole slew of people who are just as excited as you are is one thing, but we actually got to share the space with some of the stars of the film as well. It was so cool. Yeah. Uh, Being in the space with them, seeing uh, everybody get their photos taken with them, uh, the promotional masks that they were giving out. It was just, they went all out to make this an event. If you haven't seen the movie yet, maybe you are already aware, but Demi Lovato does the credit song, and it's amazing and so fitting for the franchise, but seeing her there was such a cool experience. Yeah, that was just shocking. Once you see the SUVs pull up and then everyone is ooing and eyeing as everyone's walking in, I feel so fortunate that we were able to do that and to share that experience with listeners of the Hauntsville Cryptcast. And to just see how, like down-to-earth this cast is. I mean, Jenna Ortega was out there signing autographs. Uh, Jack Quaid just meshed right on in there and was taking pictures <laughs> with people. Uh, Courtney Cox took some time to take some pictures with people, too. It was so awesome. It was more than just watching them walk down the red carpet. As soon as we got off the carpet and we're in the theater, we're all in there together. We're all audience members. We're all fans of Scream. I'm sure you've already seen through some of the platforms like Bloody Disgusting and other horror news outlets that are announcing it, but uh, this movie is already on target to break box office records for the franchise, 
and it already got greenlit for Screams 7 and I believe 8. But we got to be in the theater when they announced the green light for 7, which was so cool because like I don't know if the the rest of the stars of the films knew that they were getting greenlit for a 7. I'm sure that they did by that point. But all of us got to be there together and hear that news after watching this incredible experience. Yeah, I... The fact that this movie left me wanting a number seven is an achievement in and of itself. It was just, it was that good where I want more from these characters. I want more from this story. And like I said, can you think of any other franchise that has gone this long that, you know, is this serious about uh, the film that they're making that has been this consistently good? I honestly don't think that I can like achieving a sixth film is a feat in and of itself achieving a sixth film without totally dropping the ball somewhere in the between even harder I don't think so like I love Nightmare on Elm Street and I'd say that's probably a close second with like some real good bangers in there but there's a couple sleepers in there too I think a lot of that comes down to the close involvement of Kevin Williamson from the OG Scream Having been the writer and really giving birth to the idea of this meta-universe where everything is a reference to everything else is so important when you've got someone like uh, Wes Craven now, you know, missing. Obviously, we're all missing him. Um, I thought you were going to say Williamson... he was missing, and I was like, oh, buddy, I don't know how to tell you this. <laughs> but having Kevin Williamson step into those shoes, which are enormous shoes to fill... And take this franchise on forward is we ha- we have to give him so much credit for keeping the love in this franchise, for keeping the franchise true to his roots, and for also giving us the ghost face that we want. Like you said, Anthony, this ghost face was so painfully brutal. The cold open in this movie is one of the most iconic. Again, no spoilers, but goddamn. This ghost face was just terrifying. And the tagline of New York, New Rules Try saying really that gets exemplified. Fast. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, for our listeners, you don't know that I said that 10 times fast and had to edit them all out for that one take. <laughs> I'm glad you brought the meta up because there is something to be said about that transition from uh, the original team of writers, directors, the original cast to this new cast of characters and this new team of writers and directors that are helming this property and making sure that it does pay homage to the original, to its roots, um, and doesn't really lose its way while doing so. And honestly, the first, the first time I watched it, I wasn't crazy about the meta, but the more I think about it, the more I think that the meta is maybe a little bit more subtle than it used to be. Scream used to be very overt about the meta that they're playing with and what the rules are. But the meta has evolved so much that Scream has kind of come full circle, where Kevin Williamson was originally inspired by a true crime murder to write this, uh, and then wrote the screenplay in 13 days, and my God, do I constantly think about that. And now the franchise has taken a little bit of a turn away from the rules of horror and into the realm of true crime. So the reason that this ghost face is a little bit more brutal, a little bit more gritty, is because we're not doing a movie anymore. We're doing a murder mystery. Yeah, it's so great to see the evolution from the original to where we are in the franchise now. And it's it's so important to point out how when Scream 1 came out, 
I don't think that there was as much attention on true crime as there is now. You know, you had Dateline in 2020 and shows like that, but now you've got podcasts, magazines, websites, TV shows, docuseries being released every other week, all in service of true crime. And yeah, I, I think that they were able to put their finger on the pulse and give the people what they want with this new evolution of Ghostface. I think even more than just giving the people what they want, which I do think that Scream 6 very much does, um, whether you are uh, stepping into the franchise for the first time, this is a film you can actually start the franchise off with. They do a great job of recapping um, without making you feel like uh, either it's being spoon fed to you through exposition or uh, doing the fun bit of the stabs that we got in uh, movies like four, which is one of my favorite recaps. Also, um, you can jump straight into the franchise with this and it does do its fan servicing where if you are involved in the legacy, if you've been here from the beginning, uh, you're going to get a lot of Easter eggs that newcomers aren't going to get right away, but it's the natural progression of a killer like Ghostface. Ghostface, I think remains so fresh and the Scream franchise remains so relevant because it has to. It has to constantly evolve. It has to keep up. Whereas somebody like Jason can just remain the big old himbo from the hills, uh, hacking and <laughs> slashing his way through Manhattan, space, and hell, you name it. doesn't matter. He doesn't have to be relevant. He doesn't have to do anything nuanced. We're going to come just to watch the kills. Freddy, Freddy's got his shtick. Freddy, as long as you're sleeping, he's there. He's coming. But it doesn't have to evolve. We're not talking about, like the evolution of human sleep patterns and how that's affecting Freddy Krueger's job. No, like Ghostface started off as uh, a revenge plot from a couple of movie nerds and has evolved into this thing that has become so, as we see in five nationally recognized and like available for public consumption through things like Reddit boards, just like true crime for other people to be inspired by it. Is Scream a franchise for really smart people? Hang on now. I don't want to get that far. I'm dumb as shit and I'm here for a good time. <laughs> it's definitely just, it's something that you can enjoy. It's something that gives us, it. I think it asks for a little bit more from its audience. Like you said, with Jason, with Freddy, it's somewhat passive. And maybe it's just that murder mystery element that it's, constantly got you on your toes it's constantly got you going could this be the killer could that be the killer and this movie definitely keeps you guessing from beginning to end i mean we came from that era of the 80s where the masked killer was more of a formality it didn't have to be someone that you knew it was just an iconic uh means for the killer to hide their identity or to mask something like going back to uh jason um, not wanting your true face to be seen for whatever reason. Um, but Scream brought us back into giving the mask a purpose, having there be a reason to hide your identity, and it's because it's always someone you know. It takes the idea that makes Michael Myers so threatening where it could be anyone and makes it that much more unsettling because it could be anyone but the likelihood of it being someone you know is that much higher, that much stronger. It makes you that much less safe. The people you choose to hide with, the people you choose to put your trust into, uh, there's betrayal, there's red herrings, there's this constant um, need to double-check yourself and decide if you're, you are the only person you can count on at this point. 
Which is also what I love about the relationship we're getting between Tara and Sam. Oh, that was so great. Like a lot of the commentary in part five was about this elevated horror and this idea of, you know, there's no such thing as elevated elevated horror, horror. but go on. (laughs) (laughs) But being able to see how we've now gotten this relationship that I don't think we've really ever had in the movie before. A character like Sydney was so iconic because she was the character that we were always rooting for and she was our final girl. And now not only do we have, you know, one final girl, you've got a set of sisters that their relationship is so well written and so well thought out that they really are becoming the heart of this new trilogy or new era in the franchise. There is some and lore drop that really we get between them for their past that I really hope that they expand on in seven and eight. Yes, for sure. And just the fact that we're talking about going into Scream 8, I, this is so exciting. And I, I'm i hoping that I get to share another experience like this with listeners of the Hauntsville Cryptcast, with this community that we're building, to be able to invite everyone again out to, to see the new installments. Scream 6 is big, and it deserves to be seen big. You deserve to be in the big city. You deserve to feel that claustrophobia that they managed to build in a city setting like sure you're among thousands of people but you are so alone but you want to know why it's because they shot it it's supposed to take place in new york and no one minds their business like a new yorker (laughs) (laughs) it's so true oh my god okay so this is not even a spoiler but obviously you've seen in the trailers you've seen in the posters there is a subway sequence if you have ridden the new york city subways nobody gives a fuck about what you're doing you could be busking you can be begging you can be making a scene you could be doing performance art no one's looking at you no one's paying attention someone might whip a camera out but you're lucky if one person's recording you um (laughs) even if it's showtime (laughs) and that is like you they force this sequence upon you where you are stuck isolated the tension build in this scene alone is fantastic yeah and that's why you can only make a a movie like this in New York, baby. <laughs> it has to be set here because, like you said, you there's that false sense of security when you're going, oh, I'm within a huge group of people. Of course I'm not going to get attacked. And, you know, they take that and they go, here's the thing. No one wants to get involved. No one wants to come to your rescue. You are, in fact, more alone here on this crowded subway car than anywhere in Woodsboro. And that is just, oh, it's so it's so good. That's where I think uh, the marketing for this has also been great. Uh, They were having people go around in ghost face costumes appearing in public settings. Uh, A lot of the movie theaters got the subway poster art, which I love because they have actual seats. You can sit in front of the poster and ghost faces looking over your shoulder. And the, the trailer, thankfully, didn't give anything away. I'm so underwhelmed by modern trailer editing because it really feels like all people are doing now is giving you a two-minute synopsis of the entire film, so you don't really have to go see it. You got the highlights reel right there. This movie's trailers gave nothing away, uh, did not even remotely come close to giving away their best sequences, and I do think that this Scream has some of the best the best kills it's got some of the best tension building really like top tier installment to the franchise yeah anthony do you think you're going to be going to see this again it's funny that you mentioned potentially seeing it alone uh because i was telling anna this uh 
I don't have a problem going to the movies alone. I never have. Uh, in fact, I saw, I'm pretty sure it was Scream 4 in theaters alone first. Uh, cause I just wanted to go. I wanted to see it. No one else wanted to go at the time. I was away in school. Uh, saw it, loved it, came back, told my cousins about it. Kind of the same way that we're talking about it now. No spoilers. And that very night we went to go see it again. And it was also so fitting that like, my cousins showed up to this event. Scream has always been a thing for us. Um, we watched all of them together. Even if it took a little bit of arm twisting to get them to go see Scream 4 in a theater. Um, <laughs> it was awesome to see them show up and like get to experience Scream on the red carpet with the people I've been watching Scream my whole life with. Bringing families together <laughs> via Ghostface. <laughs> What's more wholesome than that? I know I keep going on about how worthwhile it is to see this particular Scream in a theater and have that experience and how intense this Scream was uh, as the newest installment in the franchise. But really, like, this did make top tier for me. I know I may get some flack for this, but you want to talk rankings? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> all right. I'm about to lose all my credibility here, but I don't care because <laughs> it's okay to be wrong. Whether it's me or it's you, one of us is wrong and uh, I'm here for it. You can die on that hill. <laughs> uh, I got to say, four, still my favorite. Six, comes in at second because of the intensity. One, because you can't be one. It's it's a classic um, I do think that, again, Ghostface has evolved and I think it's been improved upon. Uh, so four, six, one, two, three, five. Hmm. All right. Our rankings share some similarities there. So for me, I only recently watched the original four movies. So Yo, my what? rankings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had only ever watched. I think it was up until about a, a year and a half ago. I had only ever seen the first two. I hated number two and loved number one. And that I felt like I didn't really need to continue from there because all I ever heard were bad things about three and four. And, and boy, people howdy, are wrong. Were people wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so three gets a I lot of shit, say, but has a stronger meta than people want to give credit. Three, you, yeah. you, you watch for the meta. I think what turns a lot of people off about three is that they leaned really heavily into the comedy, which I absolutely loved. Like calling Dewey Dewdrop is my favorite fucking thing in the world. But my ranking, we're starting off the same with number four at the top spot. Oh, hell yeah. Because I, I loved I loved number four. It's, it's it's I think that's still my favorite. So I'd have to say it's four one because you're right. You can't really beat it. I think that that has the best reveal of all of them. Six, five three and two is at the bottom for me damn bro five's high <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i liked it a lot i mean three and five I, I could probably no you know what i wouldn't even want to flip three and five i keep coming yeah. back to that like three and five are pretty on par with each other that's the thing yeah. there's no bad installment to this franchise they're Number top two. six and they're stop <laughs> two is great <laughs> there's no bad installment um i mean all of the, them are the, great the, the high school musical scene where they have the dance number in the cafeteria is arguable. Why, you know, that's kind of why that's my least favorite installment. But but look, but the at, rest of it is pretty good. Look at what films and pop culture is surrounding the release. And I think that's where people get lost. Like, I know a lot of people who are just getting into the franchise now at six, starting with six, moving backwards. And the older films don't resonate with them as much because they're not present. They're not in the moment. And some of them 
don't really know or remember or want to do the history check of what uh, cinema and pop culture was surrounding that time. Like Scream has had to stay relevant, but it does kind of feel like a flash in the pan in that regard sometimes where like if you're starting and going backwards, it's not going to hit the same as if you're watching it as they're coming out. And like, granted, I didn't watch them as they're coming out. either. I was five years old when Scream one came out, Um, (laughs) but I wasn't that far removed by the time that I had watched it, that I didn't recognize all of the things happening in horror movies and in the genre um, by the time I had gotten to watch it. So two still stands as the worst is is your point. No, for you, that's fine. (laughs) Two's definitely lower for me, but like, damn, dude, way to be harsh. (laughs) absolutely go out and see this movie in theaters my only other recommendation could possibly be do a rewatch of the others or if it's your first time go watch one through five before you go see it there is some context there and you would be much better off to have the easter eggs and have the satisfaction of some of these moments that they build into it knowing where they came from yes you can retroactively watch it six backwards and you can start here but it's there are some really satisfying moments, like really satisfying that you'll only get from having seen the others. So that said, I do have a fear of the day. Oh, boy. I'm the, I'm You're the alone on this one, John. <laughs> <laughs> the fear of the day is enoclophobia. Enoclophobia. Can you use it in a sentence? You always, you guys always ask me, use it in a sentence. What's the etymology? But I'm, listen, I'm learning these fears just as soon as y'all are learning these fears. Um, okay, hang on. Use it in a sentence. Um, I I would have to say that after Scream 6, Tara probably has developed a sense of enoclophobia. Is it the fear of large cities? So close. Is it the fear of city streets? Is it the fear of subways? Oh, you're straying away. You're losing the plot. Uh, oh, Get to God. The meta. Are, we, are you pulling a ghost face? Are you playing uh, colder, warmer with me right now? <laughs> um, nice try, John. Come outside, and I'll show you the meaning of anaclophobia. Or are you scared of crowds? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I was close. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Hauntsville Cryptcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm John. Happy haunting. See you at the movies. Mm-hmm.